Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Romans chapter 13 is our springboard scripture today. I'm going to talk to you today about a subject entitled Honor. Honor. I, I felt the Lord begin to pour this through me earlier this week and I tried to find some time to to put together a good message for you on it. So Romans chapter 13 and verse number 7 in the NIV uh, says this. It says, Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. So I want to talk to you today about honor. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and God, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word. Thank you for the worship that we've had today. Thank you for the people that are here. Open our hearts to hear, Lord. Open our hearts to receive, our ears to to hear what the Spirit would say to us today. For that we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Touch your neighbor and tell him, say, I honor you today. Amen. This morning, I want to speak to you about honor. Something that people are seriously lacking today, isn't it? It's one of the greatest keys to success in life, as well as one of the greatest keys to pleasing God. In fact, honor is a command from God. So we're going to talk about it. So what does honor really mean? What does honor really mean? If the Bible says that if... If honor, if we're to give to everyone that we owe honor, if we're to give them honor, what does that mean? There are two words for honor in the New Testament. One of them is timaw, T-I-M-A-W, to which Kim could say, Tim all. Where's Tim? He's not even here. There he is. Yes, yes. And that means a great price, dear and esteemed, that which is dear to the heart. So that's one definition of honor in the New Testament. The other definition of honor is the word doxas. I can't even hardly pronounce it, D-O-X-A-Z-W. And this means to cause the dignity or worth of a person or thing to become recognized and valued so they can receive honor. Now, to help us better understand what honor is, The opposite of honor is disgrace. That's the opposite of honor. That's disgrace. So if I do something to someone or I get involved in an activity that brings harm to someone else, whether it's an activity or a conversation or whatever, that brings disgrace to them, then I am not honoring that person. In fact, I am dishonoring that person. Now, there's a few things about honor that I want to share with you this morning. This is a very large study, and I'm condensing it down into one message. So we're going to cover a little bit of ground this morning, okay? And I've got one service to preach it in. So Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 33, teaches us that honor follows humility. So if honor follows humility, and disgrace is the opposite of honor then that means that disgrace would follow pride. Because honor 
follows humility, disgrace will follow pride. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 33 says this, Having respect for the Lord, for what the Lord teaches you how to live wisely, so don't be proud if you want to be honored. The fear of the Lord in the King James Version is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. In the New International Revised Version, it says, Having respect for the Lord teaches you how to live wisely. So don't be proud if you want to be honored. Honor should be given on achievements as well as character. That means if I want to honor somebody, I don't just honor them for what they say, but I also honor them for who they are and I honor them for their achievements. Now, we honor someone for what they do and for who someone is. Honor is never... Now get this, very, get this. This is a very key, this is a strong key to honor. Honor is never appropriated to oneself. In other words, that means that I don't go out there seeking honor for myself. Honor is something that is given by someone else. Now we can receive it with gratitude and we can receive it with grace, but we never appropriate it to ourselves. It's given by others and sometimes it's even given by God. In the New International Revised Version, Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 4 says this, No one can take that honor for himself. He must be appointed by God just as Aaron was. And no one takes this honor on himself, but he receives it when called by God just as Aaron was. So sometimes it's God that places honor upon us. Sometimes it's God who recognizes us. Sometimes it's God who causes the dignity and the worth of a person to become recognized. I found out through life experience and through ministry experience that many are the times that those that would come against me and try to defeat and destroy, however, many are the times that what they try to do to me, God, because God loves me and God cares about me, and I have this habit of just turning things over to the Lord and letting Him handle it, many times God will take what the devil meant for evil and just turn it around for good. If I stick my fingers in it and try to fix it myself, I'm going to create a mess. If we stick our fingers in things and try to fix it yourself, you're going to create a mess. Here's, here, what about this? What about just loving God? What about just living for God? What about just letting God handle everything? What about just letting Him handle the messes that pop up in our life? When we do that, then God can take the mess that the enemies try to put on us and turn it into a miracle. A miracle, a miracle. How many of you like miracles? I like miracles. I do. I think coffee's a miracle. It's a miracle of God. Amen. I don't know who the first person was that said, let's boil whatever's in that bean out of it and drink it. But I thank God for them. I thank God for them. So... We, we, we find that honor follows humility. We find that the opposite of honor is disgrace. We find out that honor is, is esteemed, that it shows the dignity or the worth of a person. It's recognized and valued by God and by other people. So then we have to ask ourselves, who do we honor? What does the Bible say that, who does the Bible say that we should honor? 
So I've got just four or five uh, things here that I want to share with you. First of all, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 13 that we're supposed to honor those who serve us. And when I talk about that, I'm talking about governments, I'm talking about veterans, I'm talking about first responders, I'm talking about community leaders, parents, bosses. Romans chapter 13 teaches us that we are supposed to honor those who serve us. Now, just like you, Sometimes it's very difficult to honor a person, but when you're in a situation where it's difficult to honor a person, especially when it comes, say, for instance, the President of the United States, if you can't honor the President, you should still honor the office of the President of the United States of America. So in so doing, when we honor this, we're showing God, uh, we're showing honor to God because we're walking in obedience to His Word. So when I honor my first responders, when I honor my community leaders, when I honor the leaders that God has placed in my life and those that serve me, when I honor them, then what I'm doing is I'm honoring God and I'm positioning myself to receive the blessing of God upon my life. I don't want to miss out on what God has for me because I won't honor those who God has placed in my life that need to be honored. So the second thing that we need to honor, the second person that we need to honor, according to the Scripture, is that we need to honor our parents. The Bible teaches this. And let me say it like this, no matter how old they are. That means here I am, 48 and a half years old. I'll be 49 years old this year, which means I'll be 50 years old next year. You know something? I still honor my parents. There comes a time... There comes a time when the parents no longer have the authority really to tell you what to do and what not to do and they kind of transition from parenthood into mentor and things like that. And sometimes, uh, you know, like that, I've got to honor them. You know what? Uh, My life hasn't been perfect when it comes to my parents, but the thing about it is is I still have to find out something good. And and with my parents, by the way, there's a lot of good. And so, and I'm thankful for that and grateful for that, but I have to honor them. And one of the ways that I honor them is that means that I don't revisit some of the things in the past that I knew created conflict in our family and created conflict in our life. Give you some scripture. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, the Bible said, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God gives you. That's in the King James Version. And then the Bible said in Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6, A son honors his father and a servant his master. Now let me say this, God takes, or let, let, me, let me quote to you what the Bible says, God takes dishonoring our parents seriously. So when I cause disgrace to come to my parents, here's what the Bible says will happen in Matthew chapter 15 and verse number 4. For God commanded, this is the Amplified, For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses or reviles, or speaks evil of, or abuses, or treats improperly his father or mother, let him surely come to his end by death. So we find in Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 12 where the Bible said, If I honor the Lord, honor my father and my mother, that my days will be long upon the land which the Lord my God gives me. So that not only does it mean that my days can be 
long as far as years, but that means that the length of my days. How many of you feel like as you get older, your days get shorter and you're just running out of time? Well, I, I, I really studied this one day and I found out that that means that the length of your days can continue to be long. And so you can get a lot more accomplished. You can get a lot more done. And the more that I thought about that and the more that I studied and the more that I kind of went down that road, I began to realize that if I'm in dishonor and if I'm in bitterness and if I'm in, if I'm in hatred toward my, any of my parents or any of those that are in leadership over me, then I'm spending a whole lot of valuable time just dwelling on that and thinking about that valuable time that I could actually be using for the benefit of the kingdom. The same creativity that it takes to work hatred in word pictures in your mind is the same creativity that it takes to create word pictures in your mind concerning things you can do for God and things you can do to bring the goodness of God into your life. So we have to honor our parents. And then the Bible says, another person that we're supposed to honor, all of you men say, that's me. The Bible says, honor your wife. That's what it says. And Steve, you said amen. It's just because you're trying to get points. <laughs> the Word of God. <laughs> he practices it. That's right. The Word of God says that we're to honor our wife. Oh, come on. You don't know how she treats me. You don't know what she says to me. You don't know. First Peter chapter 3 and verse number 7. Here's what the Bible says. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, speaking of your wife, if you read that in context, according to knowledge. First of all, I know that God has a sense of humor. Or He would have never put that in the Scripture. He told the men to dwell with their wives according to knowledge. There is no way in the world, and God knew this, that we'll ever completely understand our wives. God knew this. I think He created women the way He created them and men the way He created them in this particular instance, in this particular example, to keep us engaged in their life. Because men are, give me something and I'll fix it and then I'll put it on the shelf and I'll look at it and say, that's my trophy, I fixed that. That doesn't work with our wives. We have to constantly honor them. Right about the time we think that we figured them out, something changes. And I think God allows that. I think God put that together so we would stay engaged in their lives. So the Bible says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Listen to this. Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together. Somebody shout together, together. Being heirs together of the grace of life. Listen to this that your prayers be not hindered. You know what that tells me? That tells me if I'm fighting with my wife, my prayers are hindered. That tells me if I'm dishonoring my wife, my prayers are hindered. That's what it tells me. That tells me that if I don't seek to understand my wife, that my prayers are hindered. That tells me that if I don't seek to understand my wife, then working together and walking together, being heirs together of the grace of life. That's not talking about the grace of eternal life. That's talking about the grace of life to walk together on the face of the earth right now. Grace is God's ability to do in you and for you what you cannot do in yourself or for yourself. 
And so there are times when I say, God, I just don't understand her. I don't understand how she thinks. I'm being transparent here, and she's okay with this, I know, because I know her, and I think, unless something changes between now and... <laughs> but I say, Lord, I just don't understand her. I don't understand how she talks. I don't understand how she reasons. I just don't understand it. But I realize I have to walk through life with her, so I'm still going to continue to seek to understand her. And when I start reading scriptures like this, then it helps me, and then... And then when the Bible says that we're supposed to be heirs together of the grace of life, that means if she's my wife, that God not only has just prepared something for me, now God has prepared something for us together because we are heirs together of the grace of life. There are things that God has in store for us down the road that we can't ever receive if we're not together. So we have to walk in agreement. The Bible said, he that finds a wife. Pastor Josh is going to find this out later today. The Bible said, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. I told him, I said, go get your favor. That's what the scriptures say. Go get your favor. He was a little bit nervous. I said, what time are you getting married on Sunday? He said, I don't know, three, four, five. I said, you're two days away and you don't know when you're... I don't know. I'm going to go do what she tells me to do. I said... You're going to make it, buddy. You have learned the secret. <laughs> Number four, who do we honor? We honor those who minister to us. We honor those who minister to us. The Word of God teaches us that all my life I have practiced this principle and I have found out through the years that honor is connected to favor. And when I honor those who has poured into me, and many times I just honor them in, in a way that it, it, I, I just recognize what they're doing. Like, the, like, like I read to you about what honor is. I just recognize them. I recognize them for, I mean, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for them. You wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for them. And we need to understand that people matter. And what I tend to look at, and maybe it's because I've done some living now, what I tend to look at is, I'm thankful for what they did, but what kind of price did they have to pay to put themselves in the position to do for me what they did? You understand? And so we need to, we need to honor them. We need, it's kind of like something that we can all understand. How many of us have kids? Okay. How many of you would work as hard as you do if you didn't have kids? Didn't think so. See? We do it for our kids. Well, you know what? It's nice when they recognize how hard we work to give them what we have given them, isn't it? Okay, here's what the Bible says. 1 Timothy 5, 17 through 19. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the Scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. That means it's wrong to try to starve them out. And the laborer is worthy of his reward. Against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. David would not dishonor Saul even though Saul was backslidden. David had the opportunity to kill Saul, the man who was trying to kill him. David had the opportunity to kill Saul, but he said, I will not 
touch the anointed of the Lord. And so David refused to dishonor God's anointed. The last person I want to talk to you about honoring today, and then we'll talk about how we honor God. The, next, the, the last person is we need to honor our brothers and our sisters in Christ. And when we do that, we need to understand that not all of us have the same gifts and not all of us are wired the same way. Come on, this is pastoral. This is instruction. This is biblical instruction. Not all of us are wired the same way. Not everybody can sing. Not everybody can play music. Some people, their mama told them they can sing and their mama lied to them the whole time they were growing up. Same way it is with music. Oh, you're such a wonderful musician, and they get they can't play music worth squat. I mean, they know three notes, and that's it. You know, we we just have to, but we need to we need to recognize that all of us have different gifts, and we need to honor the gifts that God has given us. You're a gift. Touch your neighbor and tell him, say, "You're a gift. I honor you." Yeah, we're gifts in each other's lives. Now here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. It says, let love be without dissimulation. That's a fancy word for hypocrisy. So in other words, don't act like you love somebody to their face and stab them when they turn around. Don't fake it. Hello. Come on now, I'm teaching good. I'm teaching good. We don't butter up somebody to their face and when they turn around, put a knife in their back. The Bible said, let love be without hypocrisy. Let it be without hypocrisy. And I found out a long time ago that it's better to just be authentic because it's too much work to fake it. Because if, because, now listen, if you fake it, you have to remember what you faked before and back that up. And before long, you're like four or five <laughs> episodes away from it and you've had to back up and back up and back up and before you forget what you're backing up. It's better to just be who God made you. Listen, let me tell you something. You're stuck with me. This is who I am. I love you and I'm going to do the best that I can. But I'm not going to change for you and be something that God did not make me. And you don't need to change for me and be something God didn't make you. Be authentic. Be who you are. And then the Bible says that we are to let love be without hypocrisy if you love somebody, then love them. If you don't love somebody, pray that God helps you start loving that person. Let me tell you something. There are some people in this world that God is going to have to help you love. Shout yes. That's the truth, isn't it? And I can promise you that there are pictures of people that just came into your mind. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, Lord, I don't know how in the world. You've got to learn to love. You have to learn to let the love of God. The love of God covers a multitude of sins. And then the Bible says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor, abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. So when you hear something evil or you feel evil working towards something or someone, then abhor that. That means to hate it. In other words, and cleave to that which is good. So weed through the junk and find something that's good and attach to that goodness and cleave to that goodness and you be the person that rises above the mess and focuses on the good things. Somebody says something bad about someone else, then you say three things good about them. 
They something, say something bad again, you say three more good things about them. They say something bad again, you say three more. They'll get the message. They'll either straighten up or they'll hit the road, Jack. And either way, it works in your favor. You want to be around people that build each other up, abhor evil, cleave to that which is good. And the verse number 10, he builds upon that. He says, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. And then look at this, in honor referring one another. That means, or preferring one another. That means that I not only respect you, but I pay attention to your achievements. I honor you for who you are. I honor you for what you've done. I honor you because God put you on this earth. So the Bible doesn't just tell us to honor one another, but it tells us to be kindly affectionate to one another. And then it takes it to the next level. It says in brotherly love. In brotherly love. The Bible tells us that Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So God's all about family. Jesus is all about family. And then it goes on in honor preferring one another. So now let's talk about honoring God. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 17 says this, Now under the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now first of all, just let me say, the Bible said the only wise God. He's the only. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. There are not multiple ways to heaven. There, are, there are, you, you can't serve Muhammad and get to heaven. You can't serve Buddha and get to heaven. You can't serve Allah and get to heaven. You have to serve Jesus and get to heaven. That's the only way that you're going to get to heaven. And the Bible says right here that now under the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, the only, only, somebody say only, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So this tells me that we pay attention to His achievements. This tells me that we pay attention to, to, to who He is. Who is he? Well, he's Jehovah Rapha, your healer. He's Jehovah Jireh, the place of your provision. He's Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, your righteousness. Who is he? And so we honor him for who he is. We could just go on down those, those names, couldn't we? King of kings, Lord of lords, great I am, Alpha Omega, beginning in, first and last. I mean, we just go on and on and on. Root of David, wonderful counselor. On and on. We just go on. That's who He is. So we honor Him for who He is and we honor Him for what He does. What has He done? He sent His Son Jesus 2,000 years ago to die on Calvary so that you and I could have eternal life. But not only so that we could have eternal life, but so that we could experience the God kind of life while we're living right here on the earth. So we honor Him and we respect Him for who He is. So we say, how do we honor God? Here's how we do it. We honor God from our heart. The Bible says, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse number 8, the Bible says, people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That's real bad in America. It's like an epidemic in America. It's like people say, who's, you walk into a room, who's a Christian? Hands go up everywhere. Here's what we need to do. Who is a practicing Christian? Whoa! So the Bible said people draw nigh to me. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So this teaches me and it teaches you that honor goes beyond our words. It comes from our heart. And when you have a heart to honor, 
When we have a heart to honor, then God will honor us. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So how do I honor God? I love God from my heart. The second way that I honor God is I love righteousness. Righteousness makes us honorable in the eyes of God. The Bible said in Proverbs 21, in verse number 21, He who pursues righteousness and loyalty finds life, righteousness, and honor. He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life, righteousness, and honor. So we have to honor God by love and righteousness. What is righteousness? It's being in right standing with God. It's impossible for us to work our way there. The Bible said... The Bible said that it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. And so it's the mercy of God that saves us. It's the mercy of God that draws us to God. We are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are made that way through the blood of Jesus. So He forgives us of our sins. He removes them as far as the east is from the west, remembers them against us no more, and at the moment that we give our life to Christ, we become made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You cannot work to attain righteousness, and you cannot work to receive righteousness, and you cannot work to maintain righteousness. The only way that we can have righteousness is through the blood of Jesus. It's through the cross of Calvary. As long as we're connected to the sacrifice of Jesus, then God's righteousness flows through our heart and through our life. And the more we understand righteousness and the more we study righteousness and the more we understand the price that Jesus paid so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, the more that we do those things, then the more like God we become and the more honor it brings to God. And so the Bible said when we pursue those things, we will find life and righteousness and honor. So how do I love righteousness? I love that which is righteous. I love that that's right. And I love the truth. Truth is the parent of righteousness. And then number three, how do I honor God? I love God from my heart. I love righteousness. And then number, th- number three, I love to be thankful. I enjoy thankfulness. The Bible said in Psalms chapter 50 and verse 23, He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. That's in the New International Revised Standard Version. Now let's look at this. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. So we love thankfulness, don't we? We love thankfulness. And then we love giving. Psalms chapter 3 and verse number 9. The Bible says, Honor the Lord with, our, with your substance and with the first fruits of all of your increase, so, you, so shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses burst out with new wine. So the Bible teaches us that we are to love giving. I love to give. I wish I, I wish I could always give. I wish when I saw a need, I could just hit the hip pocket, pull it out, and meet it. I wish I could do that. Now, I wanted to do that. I, I had a really strong conversation with God about that early on in my ministry. I said, God, I said, if you'll give me millions of dollars, I'll just spend it just showing your love all around the world. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, here's the problem with that. I said, well, well, what's that? And he began to school me. 
He said, if you're the person that people come to all the time to get their need met, then they'll no longer come to me. And then he built upon that and he said, and what would be the purpose of faith? How would they learn to operate faith? So it's important for us to love giving, but it's also important for us to be connected to the giver of all things, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. So in closing today, I want to just make this statement, and I just want to mention a few people that I feel that uh, I would like to honor today. But in closing today, I want you to understand that this isn't all just about honoring God, and it's not just about honoring others God wants to honor you. He wants to honor you. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30 says, Those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. Those who honor me, I will honor. So we need to learn to honor God. We need to learn to honor Him in our life. We need to honor Him in our actions. We need to honor Him and in our thought processes and what we say and what we do. Now, there's a few folks that I just want to mention. We are the sum total of the people who have poured into our lives, and we need to learn how to honor those folks, okay? The very first person, if, I, if, I, if someone was to ask me, do you have a list of people to honor, the very first person today that I would honor would be my wife, Donna. Because next to God... She is probably the person who knows me more than anybody. Well, she definitely is the person who knows me better than anybody. And she still loves me. She's loved me when I've been unlovable. She's loved me when, I, when she's hated me. But she says, so one day she looked at me and she said, I, I love you, but sometimes I hate how you act. <laughs> yep. So I honor her. The second group of people that I feel like that I should honor today is I think, and maybe I'm partial, but I think I have the most awesome kids in the entire world. I do. And through our life and through our ministry, we're a close-knit family. And through our life and through our ministry, there have been people that have been very jealous of the relationship that the Lord has given me with this fellow right here and my two daughters. And let me tell you something. Those of you that are training for ministry, let me tell you something. Don't ever let anybody shame you out of using your children for the Lord. Because they love God and they want to work for God and they should not be put on a shelf somewhere to please some ratty old person who wants to find fault with everything. Because you know what? If they're not finding fault with the fact that you're using your children, they're going to find fault with something else. So it's not your kids, it's the spirit they carry. And so let your kids be involved with you. Let your kids be involved with you in the ministry. Let them be involved in the work of the Lord. None of my kids are involved in the ministry with me because they have to be. They get mad if I don't let them be because they feel the call of God on their life. And you know something? I celebrate them and I honor them and I thank the Lord for them.
The next folks that if I was going to honor someone, I think I would probably have to honor my mom and dad. I'd probably have to honor uh, Bill and Wanda Vorse, my mom and dad, who raised me to love the Lord. My, my, my dad who kept me in church. My mother who always encouraged me, keep studying the Bible, keep studying the Bible. God will show you the way. Keep studying the Bible. God will show you the way. I learned how to love people through my mother. And I thank God for that. I thank God. The softness that you see in my life at times comes from my mother. The room, praise God, comes from my dad. <laughs> so I thank God for my parents. And I thank God for my in-laws because if it wasn't for my mother and father-in-law, I wouldn't have Donna. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I honor the churches that the Lord has allowed me to shepherd. The people, all of the people. And this church especially, which, and I'm not saying just because we're here, and I know some of you guys in the other churches I've pastored are going to be watching this on live stream and everything, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You are the best church that I have ever had the privilege of serving. It's the truth. And I honor you for that, and I thank you for that. And so I honor the people of Lakewood. I honor the people of Community of Faith. I honor the people of Cape Girardeau Church of God. And then, what? Yeah, Lively Stone. I wasn't there long enough to change the name of that church, but Lively Stone Church of God. I, I honor them. I honor them. And I'm thankful for that. Now, just going back a little bit farther, I, I honor Brother Branham. Brother Branham, who came into my life when I was three years old and was in my life until I was 17 years old when he passed away. Brother Branham was a tender, loving man who towed the line when it came to holiness, but was soft. And when I mean by soft, I don't mean soft on sin. He could preach truth in a loving way to where people could open up their heart and receive it. Other people could come behind him and preach the same thing and they would interpret them as harsh. Brother Branham could get up and could teach the Word of God in a, in a, in a tremendous way, in a tender way, and get the Word of God into people. And the Word of God, he just let the Word of God do the work inside of them. Brother Branham was the first pastor that I remember growing up. The first pastor that I remember that poured into my heart and into my life. Later on in, in life, after Don and I got married, there was a man that came into our life, and his name is uh, Ron Callahan, Pastor Ron Callahan. Pastor Ron Callahan taught us how to live faith. He taught us how to prosper according to the Word of God. He taught us God's ways. And the teaching, he would get up in the pulpit, and one of these days, maybe we can get him here, I don't know. But he would, because he's still pastoring in Lexington and has a, a large ministry. And he, he's 71 or 72 years old now. But he would get up in the pulpit and for an hour and a half teach the Word of God. And I promise you, you would think you were there for 20 minutes. I mean, he just opened up the Word of God and just build and build and teach and build and teach and build and teach and build. And he taught us about life and he taught us about faith and he taught us about, about prosperity and he taught us about righteousness and he, he taught us how to take the Word of God. That, that, that term that you guys keep hearing, the Word of Work, if you work the Word, I was sitting right about, in fact I was, I was sitting where Stephen Reader is sitting 
one, one particular Sunday morning and he was going along and he made the statement. He said, and the word will work if you can work the word. And I wrote it down and it's been a motto in my life ever since. He taught us how to work the God, so I honor him today. There are three, three different people that were kind of like media mentors to me that I honor. I'm, I'm just doing this because I want, you, I, I want you to begin to think about those in your life that you need to honor, that you need to be thankful for. There are three media mentors, and all of them are in heaven now, but there are three what I would call media mentors today. One is Dr. Sumrall, Dr. Lester Sumrall, who, who let me get on his television program for the first time because of this man sitting right back here. Dr. Lester Summerall, and then probably the man that had probably the most influence on me that was media ministry was John Osteen, not Joel, but his father, John. Go home and look him up on YouTube and let that man just preach you, let him, let him preach the Word of God into you. Look up John Osteen on YouTube. That man was an amazing man of God. And then we affectionately called him Dad Hagen. Dad Hagen, the founder of Rama Bible Church and Rama Bible Institute. Not Hagen Jr., but Dad Hagen. He, he just taught us the Word of God through tapes and different things like that. This church today honors Mama Connor because her husband and her started this church 40-some years ago. And she's probably watching us live stream from her hospital bed up in off of County Line Road today. But we honor them because we wouldn't be here if they didn't start this church. We wouldn't be here if they didn't not only start this church, what did it take for them to start this church? What kind of price? You know, I mean, some of us that's been in the ministry, some of us have started churches. Buddy, let me tell you something. You might come to church and you might enjoy it. You might sit there and say, wow, that's a great church. That's a wonderful church. I wish God could take and put some glasses on you so you could see the price that was paid so you could sit down in this comfortable sanctuary today. There are people whose blood, sweat, and tears and finances and life have been poured out so we can be here today. So we honor Mama Connor. And then the last person today that I think that I need to mention, and there's many others. But the last person today is Brother White. And he's going to speak in the second service, but Brother White, 47 years ago, won my daddy to Jesus. And if it wasn't for him winning my daddy to Jesus, I probably would have never known the Lord the way that I do. And I probably would not be here being your pastor today. And you probably would not be here today. You would probably be sitting in another church somewhere or some of you may not even know the Lord. And so we have a chance today to honor a man of God who has changed every single one of our lives, who has impacted every single one of our lives. And in the second service, he's going to share the Word of God and draw a picture while he's sharing the Word of God. And I want you to understand that every single person in this place, in this second service, and every single one of them that's here right now, probably would not be here if it wasn't for Brother White. 81 years old, going strong for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we honor him today. And we love him today. Honor is important. Honor is important. There's one more thing I want to share with you about honor today. 
I don't have time to get into this, but I just want to touch it. And that's how to receive honor. When people come to you, BJ, for instance, he'll come to me every now and then. He'll say, how's my spiritual grandpa? And he was won to the Lord by a young man that we were training for ministry down at Project Hope. Les got up there and preached, and BJ gave his heart to the Lord. He came here, got filled with the Holy Ghost, got called to the ministry, and he's training for ministry. At first, I wanted to say, uh, 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 but the Lord checked me. He said, let him honor you. It's connected to his favor. When other people want to talk to you and express their appreciation to you about the impact that you have had on their life, you reflect the glory to the Lord. And you say, thank you so much. I appreciate that. It means a lot to me. Let's just thank the Lord together for this. You never say no, no, no. You don't want to reject it because it's not about you. It's like someone kept, there was this one particular person, they kept coming to me and wanting to bless us financially. This was a few years ago. And I just kept, no, no, because I, I knew they didn't have a whole lot. And finally the Lord spoke to me one day and He said, what are you doing? And I said, well, they don't have a whole lot. And the Lord said, yeah, but they're, you, you know, they're trying to position themselves to, to be received and you're their man of God. So quit stopping their blessing. Now, do whatever you want to. Afterward, and do whatever you want to with that information, but it's important for us to receive honor. That's the point that I'm saying. It's important for us to learn how to receive honor because when we receive the honor, and then, of course, we reflect it to our Heavenly Father, but when we receive it, then we are helping others become blessed. We're helping others to position themselves to receive the favor of God. So don't let personal pride Stand in the way of others receiving their blessing because you can't receive that honor. Does that make sense? Have I explained that well? All right. You learned anything today? All right, let's all stand. Come on. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number four, Jesus. TV. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.